oh, I forgot I have this little post-it drawing of extremely anime almond Targaryen sitting here, so. <laughs> oh, good. I, th- I thought you did uh, anime Mary Catherine Gallagher. <laughs> I should. <laughs> Just for this. Hold on, let me. Anime Mary Catherine Gallagher. Oh. Uh, there's probably like some anime no. wolfarrels that you can find. Uh, somebody drew Meg Griffin as her. There's a lot of there's a lot of Halloween costumes there's, of her. I have found uh, I have uh, this is great. You're gonna love this. Oh, good. Um, because I googled anime Will Ferrell. Oh no! It <laughs> <laughs> was the first thing that came up. I'm gonna post this in the <laughs> chat here. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Dio look like he's wearing a yarmulke. <laughs> this is an image of someone uh, posting uh, Dio and uh, Jonathan Joestar's face uh, over. Oh, there's a there's an even better one here. This is the same joke basically, but on this one it was like Dio and uh, and uh, Jonathan original Jojo <laughs> over the poster of Step Brothers. There's an even better one here. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know how uh how familiar you are with this. Oh my anime. god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm familiar with it via osmosis. It's pretty good. I left you a little present in the chat. Uh get, get <laughs> from R slash gatekeeping Yuri. So that's already a great sign. People still remember the movie. <laughs> Yeah, People great. still remember the movie Superstar, Mary Catherine Gallagher and Avion Graham, right? <laughs> anyway, Avion has cleaned up her act and they've reconciled and accepted each other, as you can see. No more prep popular girl versus nerd around here. And then there's a... Um, there's an, there's a, a Yuri art <laughs> of... Uh, of Mary and Avion from this movie. Uh, yeah. And holding hands and waving... Um, Pride flags. It's pretty good. Uh, and Mary says, Superstar! And uh, Avion wears a shirt that says Avion. Yeah. The water brand. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. People will draw anything. You can just, you can just, that's the thing about knowing how to draw is you can just make anything. Yeah. I do this all of the time. It's why I draw anime almond Targaryen on my post-its. <laughs> um... We haven't even done an intro yet. Hi, uh, uh, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Live from the internet, it's Sicko and Ebert. Podcasting. Podcasting. This is still... I, I just had that uh, because uh, my friend who just... Uh, listening to the backlog and just got the It's Pat episode just texted <laughs> uh, me about us saying that Pat did 9-11. <laughs> and it hit me that we're still in 
pre 9 11 times with Superstar. Yeah. When people are talking about, uh, you know, missing the pre 9 11 America. Like, this is what they're talking about. Yep. Um, the Ladies' Man was the last movie of the original SNL run. Um, that came out in the year 2000. Yep. And then 9 11 happened, and <laughs> people had other <laughs> things to worry about. <laughs> We had bigger fish to fry than Tim Meadows. <laughs> Saluting Mr. Bin Laden for ending uh, <laughs> Lorne Michaels' horrible streak at the cinema. Say what you will about Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> but he like, did this, this, is what, this is what movies would be like. Can you imagine? If, if 9-11 hadn't happened. What other SNL featured players do you think would have gotten movies by now like i feel like horatio sands would have gotten a movie at some point if 9-11 yeah, hadn't I'm happened i'm glad it didn't <laughs> me too <laughs> i would not want to uh step into that <laughs> <laughs> i'm not giving him my money um 13 year old me is not letting Fucking... my dad give him his money i mean they I think they actually did, like, a David S. Pumpkins, like, feature-length cartoon movie that, like, looked horrible. Are you serious? Oh my god, so they was, did! Like, dropped, like, directly onto streaming. Um, the David S. Pumpkins Halloween special. Um, how long is this? Oh, it's only 21 minutes, so feature-length is... <laughs> Great. Uh, a, bit of a, a bit of a stretch, but I heard it's, I heard it's really bad. <laughs> Peter Dinklage narrates the story, which follows a brother and sister who go trick-or-treating, meet pumpkins, and catch the troublemakers who disrupted Halloween. Funny it's Tyrion so... is in this. I mean, in a way, it is gratifying that, you know, to know that Game of Thrones' cultural impact didn't, like, actually propel any of its uh, actors into, like... <laughs> movie stardom or into any <laughs> career like as much as people love to have i drink and i know things on their t-shirts um well you're saying this but come back and revisit that when we get john show yeah <laughs> Tyrion will be in it Tyrion will be in it he will He's be in john show are you <laughs> not there not that there would be a reason it's just peter dinklage doesn't have anything else to do <laughs> And everybody loves funny Tyrion, so we're powerless against it. I was listening to, um, to, to a podcast, like, a couple of years ago where they had Bobby Moynihan on, mm-hmm. um, who wrote the David S. Pumpkin sketch mm-hmm. uh, for SNL, and he was talking about, like, you know, and I, I think he, he wrote that sketch, like, pretty much at the end of, like, his tenure as an SNL writer, right. so it could be, like, in retrospect, be like, yeah, I mean... Most of the sketches are flops <laughs> at SNL, and that one was just like a fluke that that one actually hit because it was like it made no sense on paper. Mm-hmm. But like Tom Hanks, like kind of sold it uh, in a way that like the like lack of a joke or the one noteness of the joke like actually made it funny, and uh, the 
the reason why I even like have David S. Pumpkins on my mind because he returned like in last weekend's SNL. Brooks got the report on it, and apparently they just like did the exact same joke again. Great, so. they got their formula. It never, it, it, no joke has ever gotten old. But anyway, yeah, because we were gonna, we were talking about um, the way we got here was like, who would today's SNL breakout characters be who uh, get feature length movies? But we're talking about 1999. Um, a classic year in cinema, you know, some of the greatest. Some of the greats. Uh, Matrix. The Sixth Sense, uh, being John Malkovich, Fight Club, Fight Club, uh, fucking Star Wars Episode One. You know, it's a classic year in cinema. Like it's people got... love to talk about 1999 as like you know the peak of pre 9/11 cinema. Like you know, Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> this movie actually has an Austin Powers connection. Did you see that on the Wikipedia? Yeah. Molly Shannon received a nomination for Blockbuster Entertainment Award, which is the one we all care about. <laughs> uh, favorite actress comedy, but lost out to Heather Graham in Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. <laughs> this is so sad. Is. But I mean... Not SNL alum. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing, though, is that... There's no shame in losing to the best. And she was for sure the second funniest uh, woman in 1999. <laughs> this, I hated this movie. <laughs> You're going to say it right out of the gate. It wasn't good. Remember how scared I got? It. it wasn't without reason. Yeah. Yeah, you were like... I'm worried about Superstar. I don't know mm-hmm. how, it can, how bad can it be? It's just a Will Ferrell comedy. Um, but I... I did not... Uh, underestimated the power of... Um, oh, it was written by the same guy who wrote Night of the Roxbury. Uh, Great. He also wrote Bruce Almighty and Click. Tremendous! Okay. <laughs> Alright. He... So... Oh, oh my god. Okay, this is so... F- this is great. Writing credits for this for Steve Corrin. Saturday Night Live. Seinfeld. Okay. Night at the Roxbury, co-written by Wolfgang and Chris Kattan. Mm-hmm. Superstar, written under a fake name. Like... Great! <laughs> Even Great. he didn't want his name on this. Uh, oh, actually, it's not a fake name. He just has a, another middle name that he doesn't use usually. Okay. Everything but the girl TV movie. This movie doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so it's a great sign. Um, then Bruce Almighty. Mm-hmm. Click. Jack and Jill. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, a Thousand Words. 2012 movie starring Eddie Murphy. 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Great. This is... God, this is... I, I think we haven't had, like, a like a real, like, five-star resume on this podcast in a while. <laughs> but this is really... This is up this there. This really only hits. This is up there. This... 
So this movie. Since since Super you style. since you have such fond feelings about it. Um yeah. do you do you wanna introduce us to the world of this movie? <sighs> One of us is gonna have to bite the bullet and talk about what this movie is about. <laughs> Superstar is a 1999 American comedy film and a Saturday Night Live spin-off about a quirky, socially inept girl in Mary Catherine Gallagher. A story follows Mary Catherine trying to find her place in a Roman Catholic private. Yep. Um. I've had, before, before we get into this, just mm-hmm. some more, like... I'm just gonna beat a bit more around the bush. Because... <laughs> uh, Yesterday when I brought up this movie and um, he got the score, friend of the show, writer of articles, Josh Veal, said that, uh, (laughs) (laughs) let me find this. uh, Did Josh write an article about this one too? I think he should. Yeah, he says, he says, I have always hated this movie's poster. It was in the back of our yearbook listed as a cultural moment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. That's the and thing, though, like, okay? Hmm? Yeah. Like... No, and the se- the, I, I would just say the follow-up message to this was, and I was like, why is she holding her hands like that? She looks dumb. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, about Josh's yearbook, okay? So I was watching this, and... I know I saw it in the theaters. Okay. I know yes. I know I did that. Um I probably saw it once or twice at least afterwards. For whatever reason. Either it was on okay. TV or whatever. Um as I was watching it, there were so many things that I remembered and that like I didn't totally remember that they had come from this and i was watching it and i was like i feel like i saw this movie 500 fucking times <laughs> why why do i not remember that any of this came from this you know so i don't know if josh's yearbook was correct in that it was a cultural moment. I don't know if it was like a Napoleon Dynamite thing where like I came back from having seen it in the I theaters and everybody was, was quoting it. That was a that was a thing that like some of the letterboxd reviewed said that this was the original Napoleon Dynamite, right? Napoleon Dynamite before Napoleon Dynamite or something. The Napoleon Dynamite of Catholic school girls. It's bizarre. I I I that's gotta be what it is, right? Like, that's gotta be the reason why I remember so much shit from this. Just, like, apropos of nothing. With no context. That's not to say that any of it is, like, particularly funny or good. No. It's just that it's stuck in my brain since I was 11 years old. I don't think... I might have had, like, two half chuckles or something. I didn't write them down. Yeah. But it's not that it was, like, never approaching, like funny it's just that so much of it is just so rancid yeah like bordering on let's just say it uh fucking tom green says the (laughs) r word like five times in this movie it's the only thing he says it is it's his only dialogue (laughs) and like (laughs) 
which is a Tom Green thing to do. Mm-hmm. And they let Tom Green Tom Green it up a little bit, you know. Yeah. He does a, he's a, like he does you, a thing with a salad. If you want one guy to scream the R word all over your movie, you might as well get Tom Green for that. <laughs> yeah. But if he does it in like Freddy Got Fingered, right? Like that's a that's a movie that is like so like tasteless, right? Mm-hmm. That it's like you can't take it like seriously. But this is like not quite there. Right. To be like really like off the walls. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you're just like, okay, so you're just like saying a slur here a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe you shouldn't have. Yeah. He got um, paid to do that. He got... He did that. He did... <laughs> he did that. Um, I think, like, right before I actually went to watch it, I looked up um, just, like, the credits, because we always got to see who directed the movie. Yeah. And I saw that um, the director was one of the kids in the hall guys. And I was like, okay, these guys are back. Because I remember Dave Foley was in It's Pat. And so there's kind of a shared um, Kids in the Hall SNL universe, I guess. Um, everybody's friends. And there's an awful lot of Kids in the Hall gentlemen in this. And I feel like I would have to watch some Kids in the Hall again to see if it's like, if it's giving Kids in the Hall. Because I don't totally yeah. remember. Um, I have no experience with kids in the hall, so. I mean, it's. I'm, I'm it's Canadian. When, it's Canadian yeah. Monty Python. It's a lot of men in funny dresses. <laughs> That's always funny. <laughs> it's always funny when a man wears a dress. No, because when I was like looking at the, because I also saw the kids in the hall thing, and I realized mm -hmm. that like up until now, I think I was like just conflating it with the whitest kids, you know. <laughs> The whitest kids in the hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I think I think it should be illegal to give your uh like sketch comedy troupe a name that has a, the same word as something else as another one. It's just it it just feels hateful. I guess this movie feels like this is the first like actively hateful because like even you know its path was I think I accept the. It, it's pet is obviously like very offensive, but I, I think I accept, like, I believe Julia Sweeney just being incredibly stupid and not realizing. <laughs> uh huh. This movie feels like actively, like, it actively hates its own characters in a way that we, like, haven't had a lot in these uh, SNL movies. Yeah. It feels like. It feels like the point of this movie is to humiliate the characters in it. Yeah. It's unpleasant. It's, it's, there's a lot. So I don't know about you. We all have our least favorite feeling in the universe. Mine is, was, and always will be secondhand embarrassment. Um, yeah. Secondhand embarrassment is the one thing that like, I just cannot fucking tolerate. And I'm so sensitive to it. And I'm just like, I can't fucking do this. And that's why I hate musicals. Um, but, <laughs> but, but this movie is like, it was giving secondhand embarrassment. And that's what I was like, low key, 
the whole time. Like it yeah. wasn't the worst secondhand embarrassment that I've ever felt, but it was it was it was constant. And um I felt embarrassed for the characters. I felt embarrassed for the cast. Um and I felt angry at the writers and directors and Lauren Michaels, but that's nothing new. Yep. Um and also probably I guess at Molly Shannon too. Um, because she's the one to blame for this at the end of the day. Yeah, it's her I, I mean I just, I can't imagine this character this character being like good <laughs> in SNL in SNL sketch for, right? Like I I I <laughs> I've been thinking about like the shape of these movies, I guess, or the like mm-hmm. the like f- phenomenology of it. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. The like overall problem with these, and 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 I think it like boils down to sketch characters being working on a different level than movie characters do, like in mm-hmm. a in a comedy sketch you can have a 30 something be dressing up like a schoolgirl and that yeah. works cuz it's <laughs> like sketch comedy mhm um you cannot put that into a movie like in a in a movie form it's once again it's not quite as bad it's it's not it's not its pet levels of this character just, like, doesn't seem like a character at all. Or, like, doesn't right. seem believable. Like, d- doesn't seem like, you know... It's not It's not its pet levels, but it's almost. Like, almost, I think, yeah, it's... I think, I think Mary Kathleen Gallagher just, like, barely seems more of a character as pet. But not by a lot. Yeah, Mary Kathleen Gallagher is a character that I can see... I can see where this character came from. Yeah. There is no precedent for Pat. Pat is not a type of person who ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> um, there have been... I, w- I, would, I would believe that there have been um, gross, embarrassing Catholic schoolgirls. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, even... Even in sketch form, like, I think even in sketch form, I would hate this character. <laughs> like, because, like, that secondhand embarrassment that you describe, like, that is probably also there in the sketches. But, you know, at least they're short. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think the point of the sketches is probably that she's annoying. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, not a type of comedy I enjoy. <laughs> but... You know, I can see the comedic, like, thinking behind that. Mm-hmm. One thing, so usually when I go, when I go to watch one of these movies, I'll rewatch like, a sketch or two of the character yeah. in question. I didn't do that this time just because I didn't have time, but I remember these sketches more clearly than any of the other ones that we've done so far. Um, except for maybe the Roxbury guys, because that's just one, all it is is banging your head, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but these ones, like, there's maybe, like, one part where it happens but the sketches had a lot more physical comedy um Mm -hmm. they had a lot more of her like going ape crap falling into piles of chairs um accidentally kicking people uh 
it was a lot more of that and there was not a lot of that in in this movie so it fe- it felt different in a lot of ways from the sketches the sketches usually revolved around her like trying out for something um mm. and we do get that in this that's what a lot of the plot is about <laughs> and one thing i'll say about this movie is that as opposed to something like it's pat they're like it feels like there's events happening in this movie in an order. Yes. Um, and it doesn't feel like just bit after bit after bit after bit. <laughs> it's the most movie out of all of these. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I think, unfortunately, also why I can complain about it more or why I can. Because, <laughs> like, with... With with some of the other movies that we were talking about, they they, they like barely had any attack surface because mm-hmm. they were so much like non-existent. Yeah, this movie actually has like a narrative and actually is like you know, it, it's it's movie shaped, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, which means that you know there's like stuff in like narrative that we can like that that are just like. You just don't work. I hate when these movies have plots. I hate when I gotta fucking pay attention and I hate when I gotta understand the events of a movie in yeah. <laughs> the movie that I'm watching for this podcast. I mean, now that I think about it, like none of the Yahoo series movies had plot. They were just bits. It was just a this guy doing this things. Was the, it was the first movie since Biodome that had a plot. Yeah. <laughs> And Biodome was sparse. This is like... <laughs> this is... No, even... What movie had almost as much of a plot as this? I can't even think of one. Like, maybe Encino Man, I guess? Yeah. I feel like Encino Man is the only one that had as much of a plot as this one. Yeah, like, Encino Son-in-Law... Man is not a bad comparison. Right, like, Son-in-Law... Because Son-in-Law had a story. Um, There was a chronological series of events that happened... Um, in in a in a vague plot shape, but it was also a lot of shtick, and it was a lot of uh uh montages of Pauly Shore doing silly. Yeah. So, Son in Law was like kind of a hangout movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you could leave which for is about why it was the most enjoyable yeah. out of all of them. <laughs> you could leave Son in Law for about twenty five minutes and come back, and you wouldn't have missed any plot. Um, yeah. You you need like the barest minimum of amount of attention to hang on to that one. Um, this... Yeah, this one has like six paragraphs of a plot summary on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, just just for comparison, right? I think Stuart Saves the Family had like three sentences. Yeah, it's Pat. You could sum up in just the words "Pat's gross," and that's the plot. Yeah. The plot of It's Pat is Pat sucks. So, so we have this. Um, Mary Catherine Gallagher goes to Catholic school. She wants to be famous so she can get um, Big Kiss. She has a crush on Will Ferrell, Sky Corrigan. How do you feel about Will Ferrell in this? Because he also plays Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I, I, I'm trying to think of anything I feel about him. I mean, he's, it's not good. Mm-hmm. He's not good. 
but like not the worst part of the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. He he isn't great. I thought he was still one of the better parts of it. Yeah. Um he got one of my only laughs in it, and it's the part where he's breaking up with Evian and he like gives his big speech, whatever, about oh, we're done. And then like she's like breaking down and he just like ends his sentence and then he's like Hey Bartholomew, nice name. That got a laugh out of me. <laughs> it's just sudden. Um, and it's just this stupid thing that he keeps doing. He just keeps like yelling at characters who are off screen and saying something pointless about them. Um, but he's fine, whatever. Um, Did Will Ferrell but- play this character on SNL as well? Or is this a movie original? I think this is a movie original. Yeah, there's no, like, article on... Right. Uh, there's no Wikipedia blue link yeah. <laughs> to Sky uh, Corrigan. There, there is, is a Wikipedia! Uh, there's one to Mary Catherine Gallagher, and then there's also one for the other role that Will Ferrell played, which is Jesus. Yeah, he plays Jesus of Nazareth. Um, <laughs> and I think he did play Jesus in, in SNL, so... Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, so there's that. We do get that. Um... Harlan Williams is in this. The entire time I was watching this, I could not fucking remember his last name. So I'm, I'm sitting there going, Harlan Ellison? Harlan Sanders? No, Harlan. Yeah. It took me until like the very end of the movie right before the credits. <laughs> I was like, this isn't Harlan Ellison. The guy who wrote I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream did not appear in this movie. Um, He was. I, he was also fine. He was fine. He didn't have to do dialogue for most of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of the I I don't think any of the like actors like uh, other than Molly Shannon who is insufferable. Uh, I don't think any of the other actors like stood out to me in like a negative way. Mm-hmm. Like they did whatever material they got. Um, obviously, Molly Shannon also did whatever material she got, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no good it's no good <laughs> she's so mary catherine gallagher is it starts with a scene where she is like there is her narration is like there is two ways to go into a pool you can dip your toe into it see if it's not too cold and then slowly go into it or you can do it like me and jump into it and then we see mary catherine gallagher is like a little girl mm-hmm and then she, like, rescues a boy. And she's like, your birth mark looks like shit. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah, he has the he has the Joestar birthmark. Yeah. So as a viewer, you're like, okay, this is going to come back. Mm-hmm. Because there's no birthmarks in movies. <laughs> this is Chekhov's birth- birthmark. Uh, yeah, yeah. People don't have birthmarks unless they're plot relevant. Yeah. Um, It's the same thing as in real life. <laughs> So, and then um, we, then we're like, this is me, Mary Catherine Gallagher, uh, the, in the voice of a narration. And I've had all my life, I had one big, I had one dream, one one thing I wanted was to be kissed on the mouth with tongue, just dream. like in the movies. Mm-hmm. And then we see so many scenes where she's like doing the like yucky movie kiss thing. Yeah, it's gross. Like it's 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 supposed to be funny gross, but it's also just gross. It's just not. It's 
not funny. Yeah. Like, I don't think... Here's the thing. I don't think it's funny to laugh at, like, high school outcasts. Like, high schoolers. Like, right? Like, at awkward high schoolers or, yeah. you know... Mm-hmm. Whatever she's, whatever archetype she's supposed to fill, right? Like the, mm-hmm. how does Wikipedia describe her? Socially uh, inept, I think, or something like that. Socially inept. Yeah, there's nothing. It's like it. It just makes you feel like you're like laughing at someone, right? Like exactly. It feels, me- it feels mean to laugh at Mary Catherine Gallagher. Yeah. But at the same time, the character is like constructed in a way where it's like she's. It's like a, a character made up to be made fun of. Right. But like in a way that feels mean to do. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah. I think Pat had the same like problem or the same intentions, just that Julia Sweeney was a lot more uh, inept at portraying a character. Yeah. Uh, but like the idea of Pat was also that here's an annoying, irritating character that you're supposed to laugh at. Yeah, here's here's a character who's supposed to point out how inconvenient it is for cis people to not recognize immediately what gender somebody is. Um, whereas Mary Catherine Gallagher is, you're supposed to laugh at her because she engages in cringe behaviors that... Um, Listen, I'm not saying that we... When I say this, I don't want you to think that I'm saying that I think teenagers are cringe or that I think we should laugh at teenagers. Yeah. But teenagers be doing cringe things. I'm thinking about when I was a teenager and I'm thinking about the cringe things that I did. Um, <laughs> and it's like, that's just part of being a teenager is being cringe and engaging in cringe behaviors. So... There's a yeah, part that's of it to me that so just yeah. uncomfortable to laugh at this. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it feels like you're just laughing at shit that any teenager could potentially do. It's and like, it, yeah. Obviously, it gets worse once she gets once she gets put in, put into special ed class. Uh, yeah. Like that's where I was losing it. Where I was like, I'm gonna fucking. Uh, <laughs> that that whole bit felt so offensive. Yeah, and, like, why? They never really gave, why? like, a justification. <laughs> yeah. It feels it feels like they put her in... It feels like they put her in special... In the special ed class because they thought she was weird. Yeah, that's what the special ed class is. Like, yeah, it's none just of weird the kids. other kids are, like... It's not a... It's not a class... It's not actually, like... A class... Here's what Wikipedia says... Caught kissing a tree, she is placed in special education. Mm-hmm. And the other kids in special education are the big girl who plays basketball. Yep. Goth girl. Uh, guy who thinks everybody wants to fuck him. Yes. Guy with OCD, who funny says everything five times. Um, and, and the guy who doesn't talk. Yeah. And everyone thinks he's a murderer. Yeah. Really great. <laughs> That's where we get our first uh, Arsler as well. Like, Yeah. Yeah, because Tom Green and the guy who is always with him who isn't Tom Green 
uh, come up and put a piece of paper on the door that says Arsler class. Uh, it's great. Um, I like in that scene, by the way, that the like the teacher is giving a lesson and then does like the roll call. Yeah, because <laughs> you got to start the scene somehow and you got to segue into <laughs> into attendance somehow. I can't um, remember what the lesson was about. Something with space. Who fucking cares? It doesn't matter. Um, to it was something about like this. the Earth revolves around the sun. <laughs> it was the Brian Regan. Remember, but like planet. since then, I also yeah. watched Scream, which is also a movie that takes place in the high school. So it's like <laughs> I don't know what they what they taught in which, and uh, and uh, I watched an anime. That also took place in a high school. Uh, I'm waiting for you to conflate a scene in one of those things with this movie. <laughs> yeah. I watched, like, in, in one of them, they had, like, an Esperanto lesson. Like, that's what I remember. I don't remember in which, in oh, what. <laughs> I don't think it was in this. Mean, meanwhile, me and Fallon have just been re-watching Full Metal Alchemist. I don't think we're going to be getting too much mixed up too here. Too much but... Esperanto in that. <laughs> Not a lot of Esperanto in Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> not a not a whole lot of talent shows in Full Metal Alchemist, although that would be good. Talent shows are so cringe. <laughs> like that's that's what all of these high school movies are like. You know about the big talent show. Yeah, and it's the it's just one of the worst. Like inventions in the history of humanity you know what fucks me up about that show. every single time my high school never had a talent show good yeah thank god my middle <laughs> school never had a talent show none of my elementary schools had a talent show i don't think they exist i don't think we they're real talent. we had talent shows at our school um, you're lying to me <laughs> no, no you didn't <laughs> we did but it wasn't a competition it was just like we had Every summer we had the Schulfest, which was the school celebration, which was mm -hmm. uh, very exciting for us because we only had like two, the first two hours of lessons. Mm -hmm. And then we had this school celebration thing and then we got to leave early. Mm -hmm. And then that, you know, that was, I think, like organized by like, was supposed to be organized by like some of the classes, I think, uh, or like. But they, they always had a talent show on it, uh, which was just, like, the organizers, like, desperately begging for any students that had a talent in anything <laughs> to, like, go on stage. And it was just, like, so much embarrassment. Like, it was, like, <laughs> kids who had, like, who learned any instrument, but, like, weren't, like, actually good in it. Like, I remember there was, like, some kids... Um, played like when the saints go marching in on like a saxophone or something like really badly like, it was very clear that like the, their first year of learning it they went up and played hot cross buns <laughs> there was like there was a guy who did magic tricks um there was one guy who everybody loved who was the, who was the cool guy yeah, in school yeah. because he was beatboxing on the talent shows Let's go. I'm so glad none of my school, none of my schools had talent shows because I know 
if I were like 14 or under, I would have signed up to take part in it and I would have done something. I wouldn't be alive right now. Like I would not be like I would this it would haunt me. It would haunt me. I'm going to put like one more guy on blast. <laughs> that was in my class because uh, he he did uh, he did the moonwalk on the <laughs> shows. Great. Uh, I think I think one year he did uh, he did you know Billy Jean the classic uh-huh. one and then the <laughs> other year he did a uh, smooth criminal where he did the like leaning thing. Uh-huh. Uh I cannot tell you if it was any good because we were obviously all kids, but I do remember <laughs> that like years after I uh, finished school. I had to mm-hmm. unfollow him on all the socials because he kept posting QAnon shit. Oh no! <laughs> Which is especially insane because he like lives in Germany. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. That's insane. Hey Ray. Yeah. Did any of your schools ever had a, have ever have a talent show? Yes, the 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 private one did. Okay. Uh, and it was mostly God themed. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear them. I could, yeah. Okay, good. It was mostly God themed. How? <laughs> well, that's uh, just what this movie is about. They did like they did like dance numbers with their friends. <laughs> I was in like elementary and middle school. Okay. <laughs> At your little Episcopalian school. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, that's what this that's what this movie is. And that's like the talent show is supposed to. So the, the if you win the talent show in this movie, you get uh, a trip out to Hollywood to get a chance to be an extra in a movie with positive moral values because it's Catholic school. It's um, school. Yeah, um, the, ca- the the Catholic school who's like uh, main priest principal priestable uh is played by mark mckinney and according to the cast list on wikipedia his full the character's full name is father tylenol ritley okay sure <laughs> why not yeah Let there's me... also father john in some nick that's very great funny. it's very um, funny when people have funny names it is very funny when people have funny names i've got no place to criticize that no it's fun it's funny if people have funny names in a thing that is otherwise funny. Right. Or or if they have funny names in a thing that is, like, serious. But, like, not in a... Don't put that in a movie that is, like, failing so badly at being funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, in, in that case, it just makes me mad. Yeah. Whatever. The, There's just um... so much stuff about this, because the... the irritating thing about this or one of the irritating things about this movie is that it's just so much like uh this there's just so many so many sticks to it right like there's the catholic school thing mm-hmm. and uh mary catherine gallagher is like there's like the ongoing joke that she like keeps going into confessions yeah but she's just like incredibly horny yeah she's very fucking horny um which is funny to see a, t- a high schooler teenage girl played by a 30-year-old be, like, <laughs> horny. She, Nothing okay. funnier than that. 
Molly Shannon was my age when she made this. She was 34 <laughs> when this movie came out. She looks, I hate to say it, I don't know if it's the makeup, but she's got Ben Platt, Dear Evan Hansen movie syndrome where she looks like she's 47. Uh, yeah. She does not look 34. Like, I'm she sorry. She does not look your age. <laughs> no. <laughs> and like, I mean, you would be like, you, I... I I'm supposing a lot about you, my friend, <laughs> Roy, but I I assume you would like rather face a firing squad than like do this do this in a movie that she does here. I would rather fucking die. I really would. Please give me the firing squad. I'm begging you. Like the bit you where she like she like starts like grabbing her boobs and talking about them like Yeah. In the school uniform, right? But we're supposed to, like... It's just so cringe. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> like, listen. I don't want this... I hope this isn't TMI. I'll grab my boobs sometimes. Sometimes it's just idle, right? You know? Yeah. Anybody, anybody with boobs. I'm looking into the camera as if I'm looking at an audience. <laughs> Listeners, if you have a boob, you know you do this. Um... But I'm not sitting there in front of the mirror making them talk to each other and doing, like, a sexy voice about it. You could not pay me the, the, the full box office that this movie made of $30.6 million to do this shit. On camera? Yeah. On camera for the world to see? Are you kidding me? Get fucked! Suck a dog dick! I'm not gonna do it! <laughs> it's embarrassing! It's so bad. Half the shit I could say about this movie is just gonna boil down to it's embarrassing. It is. It's embarrassing! It's, so, like, it's humiliating! I just, I mean, I'm it's, embarrassed to be a 34-year-old woman! Yeah, that's the thing, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm nodding. Not, <laughs> I, I'm not even, like, it's not even, like, being embarrassed, like, for the character of Mary Catherine Gallagher. It's, like, right. embarrassment for Molly Shannon for doing this, like, as yeah. a 34-year-old woman. Like, yeah. You, you could have said no. You could have very easily said no. And yet, and yet, 23 years later... And it didn't Your make back are. its box office. Like, it made 30 million, uh, or it didn't make back its budget. Like, it made 30 million. Uh, it doubled budget its budget. Million. So it's like, I guess that's what the audiences wanted. Like, you know. They ate it up. People in, in 1999... Plenty in, of good movies. <laughs> people in 1999 really wanted Riverdance jokes. Yeah. <laughs> They wanted Riverdance oh, yeah, jokes. To that. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted Riverdance jokes. They wanted mean cheerleaders. And they wanted funny Jesuses. Hey, did you know Michael Flatley, King of the Dance of Riverdance, performed at the Donald Trump inauguration? And he called it that a great honor, right. just saying. Um, <laughs> it's it's very funny that he's like not even Irish. I know. Oh, God. What? Like, I know there's a lot to say about this movie. Yeah. And it's like, where do you even start? Like, I know we've already started, but like... It's just so, like, as I said, there's just so many things to it. Like, so many, like, yeah, incoherent, like, parts of the, uh, you know, clogs in the 
puzzle. Yeah. That's that's a mixed metaphor. Uh, because there's there's the like horny stuff, right? There's the a lot horny of horny stuff, stuff and the Catholic stuff that like yeah. clashes. So there's like the idea of like <clears throat> that feel when you're a horny girl in Catholic school where you're not allowed to, and you're also socially awkward. Isn't she a bit like you know annoying? And don't you hate her? Yeah. Uh, and isn't it isn't it kind of cringe when girls are horny? Um, yeah, women be horny. Want to be kissed. So it's like that whole thing, and and again, like I hate that. I hate to hate her because, like, this character was like made to be hated. Yeah. But guess good fucking job. <laughs> you succeeded. So there's that. Then there's also this like weird thing that she's like working at a video rental thing. Yeah. She's like really obsessed with movies. She's the rewind girl. Which 1999 is, like, one of the last years you could possibly have had a job doing this. The Rewind Girl. What you did, what you did Clerks come out? That must have been, like, that was, like, 94, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Molly Shannon, Big Jorts. <laughs> <laughs> Molly Shannon, Big Bra. Remember that scene? <laughs> <laughs> Where she's fondling her boob, and yeah. she need big bra for her for her booby. It's great. There's a lot of there's a lot of boob talk. Yeah, which is where I was thinking of because she's also like she's also like obsessed with Carrie. Yeah, somehow because I guess like her grand her disabled grandma is also like holding her back like in the same way that the like. Catholic mom did and Carrie or something. I guess that's why she's. I. I. I think the, it's the a movie common, didn't explain it, but it's like. I think. Like I mean. I, I think it's like you're supposed to kind of see it, like because there's that, and there's also the aspect of her being bullied. I guess. Yeah. So. I mean, I didn't really have a you know. But she's into Carrie, whatever. but like also into other movies, like also into like old movies, but she's also into Carrie and like Carrie also has a stuff has a bit about how like her mom doesn't want her to, like, ever talk about her boobs, and she has to call mm-hmm. them dirty pillows. Uh, but in this one, the grandma doesn't do that. Like, that's why it's so weird to, like, put the Carrie stuff and then the whole, the, the, her boob-grabbing stuff. Because, like, in Carrie, she does have, like, an emancipation moment where she's like, mm-hmm. they're breasts, ma. But in this one, there's, like, no one telling her that like it just doesn't. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't. These these pieces just like don't fit together. Like it feels like the movie would want to do a carry riff with that, but it mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. it just doesn't add up. It's like the closest thing we get to like a mom or whatever telling her that she can't talk about her boobs is like the part where they're in the locker room, and Evian is like, "Oh, you have you have small boobs, whatever. You'll never need a bra or whatever it is." But it's like. Okay. Yeah. It's like I feel like the the whole all the Carrie references were written by somebody who hasn't seen Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like, right? Like yeah. because because then later in the movie, the plot is like you know, we didn't like talk about Evian that much, but like the, mm-hmm. there's like this 
thing going on that like uh, she wants to kiss this guy Sky Corrigan, who is uh, the popular boy played by Will Ferrell, um, which is also funny. Will Ferrell playing a high schooler. Yeah, I mean that could be like that. That that was the other thing I was thinking about is that like you know the. Uh, you know the movie Wet Hot American Summer, in which they do like the bit, like in it, I in that one they pushed like the high school as being very obviously played all by thirty year olds to a point where it's like the ironic bit of the whole thing is that mm-hmm. being played by all the people, and in this one it feels like with Will Ferrell that's the joke, mm-hmm. but like not quite with the other characters. I so don't it's know. like it's like the movie doesn't like fully commit to it or like doesn't make it the thing is, of the movie like it just is there. Is that the joke of Will Ferrell's character here? Like I thought I the joke know. of him is that I thought the joke of Will Ferrell's character here is that he's just a, a himbo. Like maybe he's he is a big doofus. And that's like the only thing that I thought was kind of noteworthy. I guess which is like not even noteworthy. Is, noteworthy isn't even the word is I'm younger for. than Molly Shannon, so who, By two who, years. who fucking knows? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Because like mm. I think like I think on SNL maybe the joke is that like these adults play high schoolers, but like when you put it into a movie, it doesn't quite work like that. Who fucking knows? It's like. I'm just trying to like make sense of anything this movie does, and it's futile, obviously. Yeah, but you there's can't... that, right? Like the Avion thing, and then later on, like Avion is the other, uh, is the is the hot girl. Yeah, she's the hot the mean cheerleader. She's the prom queen who like the or the wannabe prom prom queen character, you know? Yeah, she's the. I don't know what this character was called in Carrie. I don't remember it. I don't remember the character names in it that well. But, like, <laughs> there is a character in Carrie who is like that and then, like, ends up dumping the bucket of blood on Carrie that makes her go Carrie mode. <laughs> yeah. Makes her become Carrie in her mind. <laughs> uh, and in this one, like... At the talent show audition, she dumps a bucket of blue paint on her. Yeah. Because she's like, you love Carrie so much, so here's your Carrie moment, haha. Yeah. Why is it blue? Why isn't it red paint, like in Carrie? <laughs> Why? What does, the, what does the blue symbolize? Yeah, literally. Why is... Why? Why is it blue? <laughs> But I was so thrown is... off by that. Why blue paint? Blue is not a comedy color. You can make it brown and make it look like funny poop. Just make it look like anything. Like, that's why... The fact that it's blue is, like, that's the most obvious, oh, that's paint. Yeah. Like, color that there is. Could they not use green because Nickelodeon had, like, the copyright on pouring green things on people? Maybe... Like, I, 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 I just, I just genuinely felt like I missed something there because, like, in Carrie, the blood is like her trauma or whatever, like from earlier. Yeah, yeah. In the movie or 
the book or whatever. In it, but in this one, the blue isn't anything. Like it's not that. Because I was like, did she have like some moment with like blue paint earlier in the movie that I missed? Yeah. <laughs> Why is it blue paint? Like. <laughs> The, the the only explanation is that they like haven't actually watched Carrie, so they were just like, yeah, they dump something on her. Who cares? Yeah, They'll dump paint on her. I don't understand. What? There's there's the famous line in Clueless where she says that trying to find a relationship in high school is like trying to find meaning in a Pauly Shore movie. <laughs> yeah, and we're out here trying to find meaning in Superstar 1999 film. The this was four years after Clueless. Yep, it sure was. I I, I was I, I I did I did have the thought while mm. watching this. Where I was just wondering whether Tina Fey was like taking notes how to not do this because like <laughs> the Mean Girls is like a much you know better version mm-hmm. of the like SNL alum doing high school comedy. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> Common high school movie ill. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the step dance thing? Can we please talk about the step dance thing? We gotta. This fucking movie. <laughs> um, so, a thing in the movie is that Mary Catherine Gallagher is living with her grandma um, because her parents are dead. And her grandma has told her her whole life that her parents um, were funny eaten by sharks. Um, and she believes this. And eventually her grandma reveals that that isn't true. And that the reason she doesn't want Mary Catherine Gallagher to try out for the talent show or do anything of that nature is because her parents died in a tragic river dance accident. They, so they were they were they they did Irish step dancing and they were in like a competition or whatever and a funny fat guy you know how fat people are always fucking things up like knocked the the record askew and it made the music play too fast and it made them dance too fast and they fell and then they got step danced to to death yep they did that. They did that. I think this is another thing in this movie where, like... I mean, all of these SNL movies have this problem. that They they just can't find a coherent comedic tone. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mentioned Freddy Got Fingered a lot, but, like... That's the best example I can bring because why? Because it at least you know knows what type of comedy it is, right? <laughs> the Say what Freddy you want fingered. about the quality of the jokes. It's <laughs> always you know consistently committing to doing gross out jokes. The Freddy Got Fingered Defender has logged on. <laughs> <laughs> or take any, take something like Airplane, right? Like I think, I think the like. Dancers being trampled to the dead parents being trampled to death is like an airplane type joke. Yeah, like something that would come out of like a of like a throwing spaghetti at the wall like parody movie. Yeah, where it's just like jokes, 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 and it's it's all like very absurd. 
It's wacky. It's wacky. Yeah. But the rest of this movie is like, it's not necessarily wacky. It's yeah. not, it's nowhere near that wacky. It's just so out of place. Like, especially yeah. because it is supposed to be, it's like trying to at the same time give the tragic backstory, but also a funny comedy joke. Yeah. Like, and it's so much wackier than anything else in the entire movie. Yeah. It's, I don't know what to do with it. Like, it's... Yeah. It just feels, like, completely misplaced. Like, in like something that could have worked in a different type of movie. But it's just... They just... It just doesn't know what level of comedy it's aiming yeah. for. In this movie, it's just stupid. Yeah. It's just dumb. It's um, so dumb. It's just... It's literally just dumb. Um... <laughs> It's like that and her getting put into special education because they saw her making out with a tree. Yeah. Like those are two moments of like wildly imbalanced wackiness that are just stupid. <laughs> They're literally just dumb. And like, I, I have nothing else to say about them other than they're just fucking dumb, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Like, the, uh, like I'm watching it and I'm going, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know me, I don't... Like, I don't mind stupid. Right. I love me some Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. But you gotta but do stupid make, right. But then make the whole thing wacky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't just make, like, two out of nowhere, like, stupid. Exactly. Uh bits there's another one the armageddon oh yeah thing what was that what the fuck was that because armageddon was a movie that came out armageddon was a movie this is true um i guess you know i guess that's as much an explanation as like anything i mean i guess the idea is that she watches movies like we're going back to our movie bit but once again, I'm because it's like she has a fan. She has an Armageddon fantasy mm -hmm. where she fantasizes that Sky Corrigan is Bruce Willis from Armageddon, mm -hmm. and she is. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what the Armageddon bit was, other than they were all like wearing the Armageddon orange Among Us suits. <laughs> And they were like, we're going to have to defend the planet from a uh, Will Ferrell Sky Corrigan is like Bruce Willis Sky Bruce Willis Sky Corrigan. Will Ferrell is like uh, going to have to rescue They're this gonna... planet from a meteor or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he can't like be with Mary Kathleen Gallagher or something. Mm -hmm. He has to go up in the ship to do explosion. But it's like an elaborate, like, she has, like, this elaborate, like, vision or dream sequence or fantasy mm -hmm. about Armageddon. And it's, like, you know, done in, you know, it's, uh, it's staged like a parody, right? Like, right. Uh, really, you know, having the spacesuits like that. And mm -hmm. why is it my there? <laughs> like, my, my favorite thing about it and, like, just a clue into how little it works 
yeah. is that they couldn't even get the Aerosmith song for it. I <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even get Aerosmith. Couldn't even get Aerosmith. Lorne. <laughs> Lorne. Common Lorne L. Lorne, you gotta get Aerosmith. You've gotten them on SNL! You can call <laughs> them up, they were in a Wayne's World sketch. Just call them. Just call them. It's not like... Steven Tyler would Steven not say Tyler. no. I was... I had a moment where I was like... Because I always have these these three, the, this this triangle of Steven Tyler, Steve Perry, and Tyler Perry. <laughs> 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 I always have to remember which one is Aerosmith, which one is Journey, and which one is... <laughs> funny movies. What if Medea was an Aerosmith? <laughs> It's not like Steven Tyler has like anything better to do than to like cameo in Superstar. Like I don't think he would have said no. Medea honks on Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid. Um, <laughs> um So I guess the idea is that she has this Armageddon vision or fantasy because she is movies. She's movies. But Armageddon is so incongruent with, like, the other movies she's into. Like, everything else she's, like, into is, like, you know, Carrie is, like, the 70s movie. Yeah. Um, She... They specifically... And they could have made this work, okay? There's a part where she's doing her rewinding job, and, um... Uh... She's watching the boy in the plastic bubble and at some point she and sky are talking and they both reveal that they really like that movie whatever they could have made it a boy in the plastic bubble joke parody they could have done that yeah why not just do that rule of three that really is the the thing right like and i mean i don't i guess armageddon is more easily recognizable yeah i guess in 1999 but like you got to decide between, do we make the because they're having the they're having the cake of they they they're having the cake of uh Mary and Sky Corrigan bonding over this like made for TV John Travolta movie. Uh huh. But then they're eating their Armageddon parody. <laughs> So this being the first movie in ages where it's shaped like a movie. Yeah. It feels like, unlike It's Pat, unlike Stewart Saves His Family, it feels like this went through more than one draft. Yeah. But it still didn't go through enough. <laughs> It feels like this is maybe the second rewrite of it. Or it maybe. went through too, man- too many rewrites. <laughs> they lost the shit. They lost the plot along the way. Like, it's just, it's... One thing that I keep seeing in all these SNL movies is that there's, like, there's always something that could be fixed so easily to make it so much better. Yeah. 
and they never fucking do it and they never learn from their mistakes and they never they're just they're lazy yeah there's so many bits that are like basic that feels like feel like basic writing 101 setup payoff things Mm -hmm. like we have the birthmark thing Mm -hmm. uh and then we have the uh the step dance thing like i'm just seeing i'm glad that the wikipedia uh, summary is uh uh more in depth yeah than it used to be because uh seeing here that uh at the talent show so at the at the step dance <coughs> competition right the thing is that uh that they were you know at the competition the uh, music was played too fast so that's yeah. why they fell and in this one, there's a payoff to that. Like, there's a payoff to that setup where, uh, where at talent show, the record player is uh, accidentally starts, uh, goes from like 33 to 45. And yeah. uh, she has to dance faster on the performance mm-hmm. and then she falls down. Mm-hmm. But it's just not enough of a pay. Like, it feels like, it feels like the script tries to do like basic writing stuff that it needs to do but at the same time it's like it doesn't do it like well enough or yeah or it does it too many times or not enough times i don't know but it's it doesn't just, yeah it's like it doesn't, it doesn't know quite, exactly how to do it yeah because then at the same time the armageddon thing is like out of nowhere uh, yeah it feels like it's this movie's first time trying to do setup and payoff yeah yeah like like when you're like 11 and you're trying to write your own or maybe a little bit older than that maybe you're like 13 14 you're trying to write your first like big serious piece of fan fiction and you're trying to set something up in the beginning so that it pays off later but you're 13 or 14 and you don't know how to do that and it is the first uh the first movie that uh Stephen Coran like wrote completely because it's his second feature length movie. The first one was Night at the Roxbury, and it was co written by Wilfer and, and Chris Catan. And let's be honest, doesn't really have a plot, yeah. Um, and this one, he's I guess trying to like flesh his writing skills more, but mm-hmm. fails miserably. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's trying. And it feels if it, it does feel like he is trying. It just he's feels trying, like he genuinely yeah. does not know what he's doing. He's trying to figure it out. It's yeah. he's he's trying to write this movie the way that I tried to teach when the schools that I worked for gave me no direction whatsoever. They didn't tell me anything about how I need to structure my syllabus. Sorry, I'm still fucking mad about this. <laughs> That's um, fucked up. It's fucked up. You should be. I yeah. And then they're gonna yell at me and tell me that my syllabus is out of pocket? No. You're gonna tell me that I can't schedule my things the way I want to when you're not even gonna tell me what I have to schedule around or what I need to do or what the process is. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Whatever. Jokes what the fuck do ever? That. Don't ever teach. If you ever have the chance to teach, don't do it. <laughs> Unless you really want to. I guess. <laughs> Um, whatever. What else is, happens in this fucking... Do you want to talk about Will Ferrell, Jesus Christ? <laughs> uh, I, I Will Ferrell, Jesus. 
like this is well, another, another weird setup playoff setup payoff thing right uh, or like failing payoff or being too wacky yeah thing like i think i think the movie can't decide whether it wants to like do basic script writing stuff or whether it wants to be lol random right it's like the first time Will Ferrell Jesus shows up he does a whole like funny monologue uh-huh that I'm not actually he- god I'm like a fig- figment of your imagination that you put together from like your like religious ideas uh and your desires for like Sky Corrigan that's why mm-hmm. that's why I'm played by Will Ferrell yeah but then later he also he also appears to uh Slater the bad yeah. boy who, has, who I'm not sure has ever met Sky Corrigan. I guess they're in the same school. Yeah, they're probably like, aware of each other. But why is why does he have the exact same vision of Jesus? When when it when previously the Jesus explained to Mary that why 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 he has taken this form, right? Because it's funny. That's so funny. They weren't gonna pay somebody else to do it. They already had Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. Did he? I'm gonna have to look up if Will Ferrell played Jesus on SNL or something. I'm pretty. I'm like ninety percent sure he did. Will Ferrell, Jesus. Uh... Hey, did you know that Molly Shannon's Instagram uh, account is at the official superstar? <laughs> no. <laughs> All I'm getting for Will Ferrell, Jesus, is that. He played Jesus in Superstar. Okay, maybe he didn't. I'm not getting. I feel like I remember. There's an entertainment article, weekly article called Will Ferrell. He played Jesus. What's he done (laughs) since? My God. It's an article from 2004, um, and it's very short. Uh, A critically reviled comedy starring SNL and Molly Shannon as geeky Catholic schoolgirl in which Will Ferrell plays dual roles, Kai Corrigan, her untenable love interest, and the laid-back advice offering Son of God. Um, his career BC, the SNL regular, got fuzzy in Austin Powers and had bopped his way through the sinfully bad Night of the Roxbury. His career AD, he streaked his way to box office bucks in 2003's old school, was beatifically, beatifically goofy in Elf, and got in touch with his devilish side for the parodies Anchorman, Taladega Nights, and Blades of Glory. Glory. I don't get this article, because this is like, who doesn't know who Will Ferrell is? Yeah. If you only saw him. Who was asking, who was asking, hey, <laughs> remember Superstar? <laughs> remember the guy in Superstar? The guy who played Jesus there. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Guy who's only seen Superstar 1999 movie watching his second Will Ferrell movie. God. Oh my god. <sighs> yeah, I don't Incredible. have a lot more to say about his Jesus character. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it, the Did you know that the woman who played um, Mary Catherine Gallagher's best friend and the, the, the large girl who plays sports is a young mm-hmm. adult fantasy and science fiction novelist now? No. What? <laughs> yeah. I'll take you to your website. <laughs> is that... Is that Emmy Layborn? 
Uh-huh. I sent you the one, link. She's the one uh, actor on the Wikipedia cast list who doesn't have an article. Yep. Which is weird. The, I guess that's pretty much her only... Um, Emily Leyburn writes about good kids in bad trouble. I think that was, like, basically her only credit. Yeah. Maybe you're here for information on my most recent book. Maybe you came because you love the Monument 14 trilogy. They're looking for the companion short stories. Maybe you came here because you are a huge <laughs> fan of my acting in the 1999 film Superstar, in which I played the braces-wearing basketball-spinning mega-dork best friend to Mary Catherine Gallagher. Friend, I don't care why you came. I'm just glad to see you. Poke around, check out the merch, and don't forget to sign up for my newsletter. I don't think I will. <laughs> Tremendous. Latest from hashtag Bookstagram. Great. Yeah, she really just, like, pivoted right to, like, degrade uh, young adult novels. <laughs> like, this, I, is some, s- this is some better yeah. forest stuff. I was gonna say, yeah, this is... I'm going to have to see if we have any of this at the library, because I'm just, this really is some Bella Forest shit. Like, I'm looking at the titles, Ransacker, Berserker, Monument 14, Sky on Fire, Savage Drift, Sweet. Monument 14. 14 kids, one superstore. The bus ride to the end of the world. When Dean raced out to the door to catch the school bus, he didn't realize it would be the last time he'd ever seen her, see his mom. After a freak hailstorm sends the bus crashing into a superstore, Dean and a group of students of all ages are left to fend for themselves. They soon realize the hailstorm and the crash are the least of their worries. Just seeing a series of environmental and chemical disasters ravage the outside world, <laughs> they realize they're trapped inside the store. Unable to communicate with the ones they love, the group attempts to cobble together a new existence. As they struggle to survive, Dean and the others must decide which risk is greater, leaving or staying. <laughs> Monument 14 is a post-apocalyptic YA novel that transcends age barriers. If you like heart-stopping suspense, realistic characters, and new takes on survival novels, this what is new the take. S- <laughs> <laughs> this is the infinite IKEA SCP. <laughs> I sent you a link, by the way. Berserker. My love for you is like a truck. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I was waiting for you to. <laughs> There's nothing in the Berserker hashtag on Instagram, at least as it's I'm ju- seeing it. What I'm seeing is uh, art of guts. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, like, I, was, I was like, I'm going to click on this and I'm going to see Guts Berserk and I'm going to see funny Berserker Clark's film. Um, My love for you is like a truck. <laughs> yeah. Berserker. Um, I guess it's because I'm not locked into Instagram because I never use Instagram. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, there's a there's an excerpt of this book on the on the website too. And oh, good. Um, I think the POV character is called Tinks. <coughs> Pardon me. Oh my Hang God. on, yeah. I'm gonna gonna link this to you here, and you can judge. But it really seems like it is written from a POV, and it says chapter one, and then it says like you know the same way it would say like what the POV characters. It says tinks, tinks, it sure do. 
Behind me, I heard Mrs. Woolley, who has been driving the elementary middle school bus since forever. Mrs. Woolley? <laughs> Mrs. Woolley. <laughs> Mrs. Woolley, she was an institution in our town. A grizzled, wiry-haired, ashtray-scented, tough-talking institution. Notorious and totally devoted to bus driving. What you can't say about everyone. <laughs> Um, On the other hand, the driver of my bus, the high school bus, was morbidly obese and entirely forgettable. Um, Thanks. Okay, so first off, I scrolled down a ways, and I think Tinks actually refers to a sound effect that, for whatever oh, reason, okay. becomes important. So it's just um, but a I also found title. It, yeah, I also found a little excerpt that I just put in the chat. Um, behind me, Josie Miller and Trish Greenstein were going over plans for some kind of animal rights demonstration. <laughs> They were kind of hippie activists. I wouldn't really know them at all, except once in sixth grade, I volunteered to go door to door with them campaigning for Cory Booker. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Roy, I have some sad news to break to you. Uh, Oh, no. Uh, And it's um, actually I just had a breakup with uh, with my girlfriend sleep. (laughs) But. Luckily, I have a new mistress named Coffee. She's hot. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) There is a character named Brayden in this one. B-R-A-Y-D-E-N. I have the power to kill. I think we need to read this. We gotta. I I think we should at least do, like... Do like a reading of the chapter excerpt here at some point. It's so good. It's really good, actually. Mrs. Woolley. Um, I really love the first, like, because there's like a a little opening bit here. And then it says, uh, you know, the the bit where like the actual action starts. As I raced down the highway, I heard my mom yell for my brother, Alex. His bus was coming down Park Trail Drive right behind mine. The bus came at 7.09 on the dot. Mine was supposed to come at 6.57, but was almost always late, as if the driver agreed it wasn't fair to pick me up before 7. Alex ran out behind me and our feet pounded the sidewalk in a dual sneaker-slap rhythm. Don't forget, he called, we're going to the Salvation Army after school. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just really enjoying that it's, like, written like this hard-boiled, like, noir stuff, but it's about the bus coming late. Right. So far, like, sure, man. Uh, um, credit to Emmy Laybourne, um, Wooly apparently is a last name that people have, and I found an article and find a grave listing for Henry Wooly, 1914 <laughs> Henry to Woolley. 1952. <laughs> Henry Wooly! <laughs> I'm going to read this article because it's short. Gadsden man buried alive. Henry Woolley, age 38, of 231 North 1st Street, who worked for the city of Gadsden, was buried under 12 feet of dirt when a ditch in which he was working caved in from both sides. Reporters said the workers were leveling the bottom of of a 12-foot ditch when suddenly both sides of the ditch caved in, covering him completely. He died of suffocation. That's fucking horrifying. That's crazy. Rip to Henry Woolley. <laughs> That's already a better story than Superstar. <laughs> Henry Woolley. It remains to be seen if it's a better story than Monument 14, though. 
Yeah, I mean, look. Look. I, fe- I feel... We- Here's the thing. Respect to Emmy Laburn for, like, you know, starring in an SNL movie and then being able to, like, leave that behind and, like, do the career she wants to, which is um, self-publishing YA books. Mm-hmm. But these books don't like shit. Like, they seem really <laughs> bad. Like, was it worth yeah. it? Was it worth it? <laughs> Uh, I want to look at Berserker real quick because it seems like there's this. <laughs> it seems like Monument Fourteen is like a trilogy, and the Berserker is the newest one, which is part one of the Berserker series. <laughs> oh my god, this is so good! <laughs> this takes place in Viking times. <laughs> Great. Wait, eighteen eighty three Viking times? Not even. Oh my god, no! It doesn't take place in Viking times. It is an ancient Viking curse. That affects, oh my God. like, a teen in the 19th century. She becomes a berserker, an elegant, graceful, and shameless killer. When I think berserker, <laughs> two words that immediately come to mind are elegant and graceful. Oh my God. The first sentence of this book is, The hawk snorted at the two young trespassers in his pen. <laughs> Me working behind the desk. Uh, Today the hog went without a blessing. This is... I didn't make you a berserker, girl. It's not my fault Odin blessed our forefathers with the nuta. Hannah did not like to speak of the nuta at all, much less outside and so close to town. (laughs) The nuta was an ancient blood gift, a pagan Viking gift from Odin to his three favorite kings to be carried in their lineage child with the new town both sides of his or her family might manifest one of six eerie powers at puberty or might receive no new at all i feel like this is this is somehow you somehow found a way to be like racist against norse people <laughs> they've had it too good for too long <laughs> all right listen i know i have swedish ancestry i'm allowed to say this is there anything else we have to say about superstar this this because this is so much more exciting yeah um is there anything i don't know she ends up with harlan sanders yeah which turns out to be the boy from the birthmark yeah um so um yeah who fucking cares uh she wins the talent show uh and actually sky thinks he she's very hot now and mm-hmm. and they do kiss, but she hates the kiss. And yeah. then instead, she kisses Slater. It's great. But then uh, she's talking to a tree mm-hmm. at the end. This, this is the final goof of the movie. The, fi- the, final, the, fi- the, the final stinger is that mm-hmm. she's talking to the tree. <clears throat> she's like, you want a what? I'm going steady with Slater now. I can't kiss you, the tree. Yeah. Oh, okay, and then she starts making out with the tree again, and then the nun passes by again, and she's like, "Ooh, that's the end." Yep, movie. It's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, I think this is the worst one since it's bad. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. Uh, we only have one more left. Thank God. One more. Th- one more. 
thank you to um, again Osama Bin Laden for all his great work in ending the SNL movies. <laughs> thank you for putting a stop to this. Thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your service, Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> um, anything great. else we need to talk about? We're we're at a good episode length. We're, yeah, we're at a good episode um, length. We're good. Oh, um, I, do, I do want to point out. I do want to share one last thing because there is a uh, please. There is an article on the Heroes Wiki. I have this up already for Mary Catherine Gallagher. I have this up already. But this stub is making Kirby hungry with its lack of substance. There is a good trivia section, though. <laughs> there is a good trivia se- section, yes. That's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. You want to you read this? Sure. Uh, there's one bullet on this bulleted list. Uh, and it, <clears throat> it says, She is very similar to Meg Griffin from Family Guy, even though both she and Meg share the same similarities of being victims of abuse and just plain fictional losers. That's a weird way to construct a sentence. That's... <laughs> no sentence has ever been constructed like this because it this does not accomplish what it sets out to do. She's very similar to Meg Griffin from Family Guy, even though she's exactly the same as Meg Griffin from Family Guy. Is the gist I think of the, the word you're looking for is because. <laughs> Just a simple fix that I would suggest. Fantastic work from the well, this is a, this article is a stub. Um, yeah, there's a click here to help Kirby, but I think I would love to help Kirby, but I'm not gonna be tricked into signing up for uh, editing Heroes Wiki. <laughs> but it's how they um, get I, you. I just clicked a little button to expand the Heroes table down here, and I scrolled down to the bottom, and it has um, see also, and it has categories for heroes from all kinds of things, uh, such as uh, Avatar heroes, Danny Phantom heroes. One of them is Crank Yankers Heroes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but it doesn't have a link. <laughs> Great. It's just... Just so... Just disappointed. In this what, that there's no Crank end. Yankers Heroes? Yeah. I'm disappointed in that as well. But I'm especially disappointed that there's no, like, listing of Mary Catherine Gallagher's powers and weaknesses. As, uh, <laughs> as I'm accustomed to from... Um, Heroes wiki characters. Well, maybe, well, no, because that's usually on the villains wiki. I wonder if she's on the villains the wiki. Heroes wiki also has. Uh, if you click on any yeah, other one, yeah, I guess you're one, right. Like I clicked on here, Wanda in brackets, uh, Hotel Transylvania. Okay. Uh, on the Heroes wiki, and uh, for example, this one says um, full name Wanda, Elias, mom or mommy in brackets by all the kids. <laughs> Aunt Wanda by Mavis. That's not an Elias. Um. <laughs> Evian has an article in the female villains wiki. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> Pop the link to that in here. Somebody is a big fan. The person who wrote this is a big fan of Elaine Hendricks. Oh my god! Evian <laughs> uh, Graham is the main. And this is <laughs> a different wiki where uh, you can blame specific people for writing this because it says who wrote this article. Yeah. Um. This is in the categories uh, 1990s, blonde, live-action villainess, and 11 more, and the other ones are nasty but small-time, sadist, schoolgirl, humiliator, humiliated, brand panties, low-cut top, cheerleader, ponytail hairstyle, leotard, 
mini skirts and mini dresses. Um, so, oh my god, there's a gift I wonder set why, down here. I wonder why a wiki would specifically have categories for the different types of clothes that you, the female villains would you wear. You want to click on those? Yeah, I'm clicking on it. <laughs> Let me click on brand panties. Yeah, it's it's literally just yeah. I I have already clicked on. I've been I've been scrolling on category brand panties. The villainous wears the brand panties. The bra is used to support the breasts, but it can also be used to entice her prey. Great. <laughs> I think fandom recently bought like half the internet, so that's good. Yeah, it's great. It's great that everything is owned by one of three companies. Or they bought Tumblr or something. I don't remember what they bought. Who fucking cares? Everything's going to be owned by one thing in ten years. Uh, but it says here in the first sentence of Evian Graham, in bracket Superstar, that uh, Evian Graham is the main antagonist in the 1999 film Superstar. Evian is played, played by the beautiful actress Elaine Hendricks. <laughs> yep. Great. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um... It also says, uh, it also says she's a power couple with uh, Sky Corrigan, Will Farrell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. So, there's a gift set here. Um, there's a great collection of, uh, ga- there's a gallery on the brand panties uh, section. Mm-hmm. Of ja- you have of to just s- you any have- villainess that wears a bra, like, it doesn't even need to be just, like, People who only wear a bra. So even if they wear a bra, like, under their dress, it counts. <laughs> yeah. And you have to scroll through the entire gallery in order to get to the actual list of things. <laughs> <sighs> great. Fantastic. Just great. Are we done? I think we're done. Yes. yes. All right. I've had about enough trying to this. see if there's any... <laughs> Any good uh, brand panties villains, but honestly, one of these days when I actually do the podcast that I said I was gonna do at the beginning of this year, yeah, we're gonna be able to spend as much time on these wikis <laughs> as we want. We're gonna be able we're to at... uh, read all, read all the uh, preview uh, sections from Berserker. Yeah. But for now, we're an hour and 45 minutes into talking about Superstar 1999 film, and I've had about a damn enough of this. Yeah, we got, so, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> we got to wrap this up. We're talking about the ladies' man next time. Yep. Um, and then we're Very done, close thank to God. being done with this. Uh, uh-huh. On a season of the podcast, maybe we'll do a special yep. reveal of what we're doing next. Yep. Uh, but, Excited for that one. Yeah, it's going to be... I'm saying this in quotation marks. Good. Yeah. Um, just quick shout out to my my coworker who knows about this podcast because he's a movie guy. I don't know if he actually listens to it, but I know he knows it exists. When I told him earlier this week, he asked me where we were on our SNL movie slog. Um, I told him that we were watching Superstar this week and he went. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, maybe the ladies right. man is going to be really good. I'm act- like I'm honest. Like I said, I was worried about that, but after having seen Superstar, it's like, how bad can it be? Who's to say? Who's to say? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend I have any expecta- expectations. <laughs> I'm gonna look up. The... I can't be doing that anymore. I'm gonna check the letterboxd on 
this one. Um, ladies man stands on an average of 2.4. So, mm. Great. Activity by f- from friends watched by Brooks. Great. Tremendous. Can't Fantastic. Wait. It has... Ooh. Uh, Knight of the, no- the Roxbury has 2.8. This one is 2.4. How much does Superstar have? Ooh. Uh, Superstar has an average of 2.6. I'm actually okay. worried about the ladies' man now. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, see you next episode. Right. See you next episode. Uh, whatever any... it is that we say at the end. Of- yeah, I don't remember. I don't have any sound. Don't, don't remember any quote from this. Yeah. There kind of isn't one. Alright, bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> Come. You could come with me. My love for you is like a truck berserker. Do you want to making berserker? Berserker. Did he just say making?